What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 33 of Preloaded. My name is Josh Finderup, and I am joined, as always, by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Van Over. How are you doing this week, Jackson? I'm doing good, Josh. Um, we've got some fun news, but it's kind of a down part of the year, so I'm enjoying you know playing some games longer than I would and diving into my backlog. So, yeah. Yeah, same here. It has been a majorly uh, backlog-filled year for me as well, which is nice. Um, I did get to play a new game uh, for once this this week. We'll get into that later. Uh, and speaking of, we have a ton of news this week also. Uh, we got an unfortunate, or again, fortunate, I say that every time we have a delay. Uh, we do have a delay <laughs> to talk about. Uh, E3 was announced, so we're going to talk through that news. And that actually is going to be the topic of our deep dive discussion as well. Uh, going to kind of go through some, some way too early predictions uh, about E3 uh, and maybe stuff that we'd like to see. Uh, we got some big Xbox Game Pass news and then some Mass Effect news. So we have a lot to talk about. You want to stay tuned for all of that. But first, Preloaded posts every Friday. We post the video version over on Jackson's YouTube channel. He's J-A-Y-V-E-E. Uh, subscribe there if you have not already. If you prefer the audio version, we post that over on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you are listening on any of the audio platforms, We'd love for you to leave a review, either a quick five-star review or even drop a written review if you enjoy listening. You can also write into Preloaded at the email address preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. We welcome all of your feedback, but we'd love to get your questions. If you have anything that you want to hear us discuss on next week's show, we dig into our mailbag every week at the end of the show and discuss one of your questions right here. Uh, we've also been taking your questions on Twitter lately. Uh, I am at Quest Mode Games on Twitter. And Jackson, where can people find you? I'm at JV on YT. Awesome. So with all that out of the way, we are going to kick off the show as we always do with our segment, What the Hell Have You Been Playing, Jackson? So Josh, this week, um, I've, do- I've do- dove? Divin? No, dove, definitely not that one. Dove. We're, we're doing <laughs> dove. I dove very deep into Outriders, and um, again, not a game I thought I would love. I think I talked about it last week. I just, it's it's kind of scratching an itch with its gameplay loop that uh, is really satisfying for me, and I've managed to convince some friends to pick it up since it's free on Game Pass. So um, that's like I've just been kind of obsessed with it actually, and I'm shocking myself with how much I'm liking it, uh, which is always a good sign. Yeah, seems like people really are liking. Uh, that game more than than pe- more than they like the demo at least so that's nice, right? Yeah, it seems to yeah it gets better as you play it more, um, which is definitely something you want out of a looter shooter kind of game, nice. I would say. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I started Far Cry Three. I think my next um, review in twenty twenty one is going to be that game because I didn't realize how like skyrocket like massively popular that game was when it came out. Yeah. Um, so re- revisiting that has been really cool. I still think it holds up really well. Um, and then I've been playing more of It Takes Two, kind of slowly making progress through that um, with my girlfriend, actually, who isn't into games. And so that's been a really fun experience for both of us. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Far Cry 3, man. I remember when that game came out and one of the best pitches I've ever seen for a game. It was like, you know, how they put the quotes on the box from like IGN <laughs> or GameSpot, whoever reviews yes. it. Well, someone said about Far Cry 3. 
it's Skyrim with guns. And when I read that, I was like, sold. And that's probably a bit of that's that's a bit you know it's not entirely accurate, but um. yeah, it's it's funny. That's what I always think of as well. Um, <laughs> and I actually like I I haven't met him, but I was at or I was a partner with Machinima at the time that the guy working at Machinima said that quote. So. I was, every time I think of Far Cry, I think of the same thing, which is yeah. so funny. Yeah, but great, great game. Well, cool. Uh, I have been playing. I dove back into Sticks. I don't know if you remember, but I had been. I talked about this game a, a few weeks back. It's a stealth game, uh, very much in the thief uh, vein of stealth and uh, more of a double A game. I, I just want to finish this up uh, before I move on to whatever my next stealth game is going to be. And then I also, and and by the way, I'm still liking that game. I don't love it, but it's it's definitely worth playing if you can. If you like stealth games and you can get it on sale, it has a sequel that apparently is much better. So I plan on playing that at some point. Awesome. Uh, yeah. But then I played uh, Oddworld Soulstorm, uh, which I, I that was actually the first game I streamed. I streamed the other night or two nights uh, I've now str- uh, streamed. And um, uh, so, uh, by the way, I'm currently on Twitch, but I think I'm going to start streaming on YouTube. So uh, shout out to, um, gosh. I, I'm going to get his username wrong. I really don't want to get his username <laughs> wrong. Uh, the, my one concurrent viewer that I had on Twitch, um, the underscore notorious underscore four. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into my Twitch stream. Anyways, uh, really liking Soulstorm so far. I haven't played a lot, but it's very much just a uh, more uh, mechanically complex, let's say, version of um, and more graphically beautiful version of uh, Oddworld. Uh, Abe's Odyssey, New and Tasty. So if you played that game and liked it, uh, if you're one of the few, then you'll probably very much like this game. I, I'm really enjoying it. Awesome, man. That's good to hear. Yeah. So that is uh, what we've been playing. We'd love to hear what you've been playing. Uh, drop us a comment. Let us know, uh, especially with the kind of lack of new games. If you're playing anything new, uh, we'd be very curious to hear what those games are that you're uh, interested in. And uh, with that, we are going to move on to our top stories Uh, Again, we have a lot of news this week, kicking off with a story that broke this morning. This is Thursday, uh, April 8th. So if you're listening to this, this is yesterday. Deathloop has been delayed from May 21st to September 14th. So Arcane just posted a quick video on Twitter and a short statement that basically suggests that this is, uh, you know, really a COVID-related delay. At least that was the gist that I took away from it. Um, And... uh, Whoops. Now, uh, Jackson, you had entered this story into the dock and you put another intended plus more PS5 availability. I'm assuming what you mean by this is uh, more people will have PS5s by the time this game launches. Yes. Um, I-, I think delays are always have negative connotations in the beginning, but um, I look at this from a supply and demand perspective with the system because this is not on PS4. Right. So, and it's not the only platform it's coming out on, right? It's also coming out on PC. But at the same time, I mean, if this was going to move PlayStation 5s, it wasn't. It flat out wasn't in May. So um, I think it might have the opportunity to do that with this new release date. Yeah, I agree. I actually was talking to um, someone recently, and that was the point that kind of came up in that conversation was that, yeah, not a lot of people have PlayStation. Well, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people do, but not enough people have PlayStation 5s, not everybody who wants one. So that will that'll be very nice. And I don't know, maybe that did factor into this decision, uh, at least maybe as a secondary uh, plus for, for them as well. Selling more copies is always good for developers, especially talented developers. For sure. And Deathloop, I mean, it, it needs it from what I can tell. 
Yeah, yeah. If you're not hyped about Deathloop, man, check this game out. I think it looks fantastic. It's one of my most anticipated games of the year. In fact, my next video is going to be about it, so stay tuned for that. But if you were looking forward to Deathloop, be aware now. It is coming out September 14th. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, speaking of looking forward to things, E3 is back. And this is a, this is kind of a big deal. Obviously, everyone who pays attention to games knows that E3 uh, was not a thing last year at all. And it is going to be a digital-only event the ESA has announced. It is going to be from June 12th to June 15th. So pretty much right in that time slot that they used to be. In fact, that's exactly where it used to be. And we know that the publishers that are going to be participating as of now, so far, are Nintendo, Xbox, and these are just the major publishers. There's probably some others that we're forgetting. But Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Warner Brothers, and Coke Media. I believe that's how you pronounce that. And yes. um, some that are not, as of now, participating, at least they have not announced that they are, is Sony or PlayStation. Now, I presume that they will not uh, have an official E3 event like they haven't for the past two years. Same with Electronic Arts. Uh, same with Activision Blizzard. They do their own thing. But also Sega, Bandai Namco, and Square Enix are all apparently not attending, uh, hopefully in lieu of their own events. That would be that would be nice. So that pretty much wraps up this news story. Uh, what I guess they did say that they're they're hoping to have an in-person event in 2022, but what was your reaction to this, Jackson? Uh, well, there was the initial kind of wave of this news came with a rumor. I'm sure you saw it, Josh, that there would be a paywall. <laughs> yep. and, uh, <laughs> and apparently that was being considered, according to whoever wrote the story on that, that spread like wildfire. But uh, ESA confirmed it's free. So like it always has been, you should be able or will be able to watch Digital E3 for free. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I think everyone who is in this kind of community always gets excited for E3 or you're that person who's like, don't get excited. You're not going to see anything good or you're, you're going to see, you know, gameplay that doesn't represent the final product, but I love to get excited every year for this. So I'm glad it's back. Yeah, me too. I wasn't as big of a, uh, I wasn't as down on the summer game fest as a lot of people were last year. I feel like a lot of people thought it was just a bit too messy, but I didn't mind having it spread out. That said, I am really glad that they are, I mean, they're not, you know, the ESA is not going to go down without a fight if they are going down, but I'm really glad to see that E3 is back because um, I hope that they can pull off the in-person event that they're planning for 2022. By then, we should be all in better shape with the pandemic and uh, just showing up and seeing everybody uh, playing games in person, talking to developers and publishers in person. There's nothing like it. I will say PAX is probably a better show for that if you're just, you know, consumer but um hopefully we have this in-person e3 in 2022 that'd be very exciting yeah i'd be really happy for that yep so uh we're going to talk later on in the show when we get to our deep dive about our predictions for what we might see here so definitely stay tuned for that but moving on this was the weirdest story of the week uh xbox secures mlb the show 2021 for game pass uh now you probably know this is a PlayStation-developed game. On Game Pass, it is going to be published by MLB. But nonetheless, seeing a PlayStation-developed game come to Game Pass is a little weird. And <laughs> this is going to happen on April 20th. The game launches, and it's day one. So what what, what were your thoughts on this, Jackson? Yeah, um, it feels like we're a broken record at this point. Um, <laughs> just kind of, you know cataloging all of these big pickups for Xbox. It just feels like another opportunity or another example rather 
of Xbox showing that they're willing to go out and get any any IP. I mean, talk about a baseball game. I'm sure it has a lot of casual appeal and it's got its own niche hardcore audience. But I feel like in your space and my space, Josh, MLB The Show is just not that big. However, the audience, I'm sure, is very big. So I, I think this is a huge get and just opens the floodgates on the possibilities. Yeah, we're maybe not in the... the- core audience for this game or the audience at all for this game but it is it has always been a flagship playstation exclusive uh and, and a high quality one at that so uh this i i do think the way that um this shook out as a bad look for playstation a very good look for xbox and for game pass but yeah you know with playstation players now having to pay 70 dollars to play this on day one that just doesn't look good i mean a lot of people were saying maybe they should have included this in playstation plus or on playstation now um, and if the, financially, if that was feasible for PlayStation, I absolutely agree. They should have done that. Right. And, and this we're not covering this, but this is also around the news that Sony's shutting down the PS3 and Vita stores. So it's like, yeah. this is just really double, you know, bad news. Yeah, that is an I for me personally, that is an incredibly bad look for PlayStation. In fact, yeah. I, I I wonder kind of I question some of Jim Ryan's uh you know, comments around that and around old games, legacy games, but that's a whole other discussion. Uh, this was also a bit unfortunate for PlayStation fans, but awesome for Xbox, man. And, you know, I hope it does really well. I do, I did think when this happened, uh, you know, it feels like Game Pass is kind of getting to maybe a tipping point where Sony is going to have to punch back if they want to compete with it, you know? Yeah, I think the, the, telling you know uh, whatever will be in the numbers but we don't really have the numbers so it's kind of hard to gauge we kind of have to go off of perception i think they did announce though that they hit 20 million subscribers on game pass i heard that i did not read it i don't know if that's true i know they hit 10 million a while ago so um 20 million is where i think they're at (laughs) which is insane i mean yep it's insane so uh, very cool. Uh, if any of you are playing MLB, again, drop us a comment uh, and let us know uh, if this is something you're looking forward to. Not really sure if sports games are our audience's bread and butter. Pretty sure they're not. But if you're <laughs> playing, hope you're going to enjoy it. So moving on from that, we also got a huge uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition news drop. And Jackson, as always, kicking over the Mass Effect story to you uh, to uh, walk us through this, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So um, once again, um, I was on kind of a little or still am on the little council. Uh, It's called for Mass Effect Legendary Edition giving feedback. And they gave us this information pretty early on and uh, we gave feedback on it. But uh, the info dump this week and there's going to be a second one of these. I mean, if you've been looking at games media in general, there's just been an info blast really the last several days on Mass Effect. But uh, it kind of focuses on five main topics. The first one's combat tuning, which is really the first Mass Effect to kind of bring it in line with the rest of them. Um, it feels a lot more like the other games uh, from what we can see here. Um, you can sprint outside of combat, weapon accuracy. All of this stuff is just, uh, I would say streamlined is probably the best um, impression I've been getting from what they're releasing here. Uh, which is fantastic because everyone knows the original game. If you played it and compare it to the other ones, it's just rough around the edges in terms of combat. So um, lots of different details in there. I would highly recommend you guys look at this stuff. There's just a huge, huge list 
um, out there. But yeah, the other improvements, just additional general gameplay improvements across the board. The Mako got a huge makeover. Like it actually shoots where you're aiming it now, and <laughs> <That helps. laughs> which is hilarious because uh, like the reticle was not lined up with where that gun would shoot, which yeah. is, you know. That's something we kind of, uh, I think we excuse with older games, but man, that always blew my mind. Um, and then they have a section about kind of unifying the trilogy and getting them all um, in one launcher, for example. So it's not going to be bouncing from launcher to launcher. It's all in one place uh, to launch each game. And then finally, the Galaxy at War rebalancing. That's such a specific thing, but long story short, multiplayer is not in this remaster. That was a component of being able to get a good ending. Now they've retuned that to where it's all single player so you can make sure and get the best ending possible. Nice. Yeah, this is uh, going to be a big release. I mean, now with the Deathloop getting delayed, what do we have in May? Resident Evil 8 and this, and I feel like I'm forgetting <laughs> something, but this is one uh, of the biggest Bio-Mutant, releases. Biomutant, I think, is the other oh, one. Oh, yeah, Biomutant. This is, this is definitely going to be one of the biggest releases of the first half of the year. I think so. Yeah, I I, th- I think like, you know, you're kind of an outsider in terms of Mass Effect, Josh. Is that yeah. a fair assessment? Yeah. So um, I feel like for your crowd and for people that want to replay it again with a shiny coat of paint, um, it feels like a compelling thing for people. I agree. Yeah, the, the visual comparisons they've been throwing out have been impressive to me. It's not this is it's not a, it's not a remake, but it's definitely a you know, proper remaster, it looks better. So I'm excited. And it, if it plays better, the first one would be where I would, that that's the one that I would want to experience more than any of the others. Yeah, you know, it, it seems like it's gotten the most work on it, which is awesome. And it definitely needed it. So, yeah. and I'm glad they're not making unnecessary changes on two and three where they didn't need to. I think I, I watched an interview with Mac Walters, the game director who also worked on the original three. And he was like, yeah, we looked at two and three and we were kind of happy with where they are, but we want, just still bring everything in line so it feels like one cohesive experience. So I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. So moving on from that, this is gonna we're gonna file this under quick hits because this is a rumor. Um, I'm just gonna briefly mention that uh, a rumor came out last week that potentially potentially Remedy may be working on a AAA PlayStation exclusive. This was based off of a, a global external producer at PlayStation sharing jobs that are available at Remedy which has happened in the past when they've when other studios have worked on exclusives. And then there is a, um, a an insider out there who basically said on Twitter, this guy, Bashal Ed, I'm not sure who he has said, but he's a, no, he's a notable insider, said this is real according to him. So take that for what it's worth. Remedy, Makers of Control, and Alan Wake may be working on a AAA PlayStation exclusive. Uh, any thoughts there, Jackson, before we move on? Um, no, just I'm excited to see what it is. Yeah, yeah. If this is true, that will be exciting. So with that, we are going to take our first break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about our uh, thoughts and uh, predictions, I guess, if you will, for uh, E3 2021. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to get into our deep dive discussion. And this week's topic is E3 2021. So we already listed out all the publishers that are going to be at this show earlier in the show Jackson uh do you have any uh do you have any big earth-shattering predictions or anything interesting or uh what what do you got you know I think and you know Nintendo's not my foray but I think the biggest thing at E3 this year 
could be the unveiling of the Switch Pro. Um, yep. Personally, I mean, there's there's a lot of other big games coming out later this year, and we know Sony's not going to be there according to reports so far, so it won't be like Horizon, which is something I would peg as the the big, huge you know release coming later this year. But yeah, Switch Pro and potentially Breath of the Wild too. I agree. I think that that would be... Uh, I would be very surprised if we don't see the Switch Pro. If we don't see it at E3, I think we're going to see it sometime later, but I don't see why e- why Nintendo wouldn't uh, do it at E3. They're going to have the eyeballs there, and uh, it would be a big story. So, yeah, I'm excited for that. For me, the big standout in the list of publishers that uh, were listed that are going to be there was Konami. Like, what has Konami done since... I know they've released some, uh, like, Castlevania collections and... Uh, they they even released some Contra stuff, some kind of their old school IPs they've released. But as far as AAA big stuff, they haven't done anything since Metal Gear Survive, I feel like. Anyways, there's been a lot of rumors about Silent Hill, and there's been some talk about a Metal Gear Solid remake. So I would love to see either of or both of those at E3. Yeah, I, w- I would love to see something new. Um, and this is tangentially related, but... Did you see the reports? We didn't even cover it this week. Um, that Kojima apparently is getting uh, fielded by Xbox to make you know like poach him over and make an Xbox exclusive game. I saw a headline on a YouTube thumbnail that said something okay. like Kojima <laughs> Xbox question mark exclamation point you know something like that. So I haven't read the story, but uh, I mean you know look at what PlayStation is or look at what Xbox is doing and with with what happened with MLB the Show. Uh, you know maybe. I mean, it, it is also worth mentioning that, like, there is some kind of cross-pollination with Deathloop and later on Ghostwire Tokyo. So this would kind of, even though that's a that's with the Bethesda purchase, maybe this will be another in- instance of some, uh, you know, PlayStation DNA moving over to Xbox. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all by that, uh, personally. Yeah, yeah. So that's interesting. Another interesting one for me was Take-Two is on this list. Now, they obviously have Grand Theft Auto. Um, as a publisher, so we might see something there. But the big one for me is there's been, I'm pretty sure that it's been confirmed that a new Bioshock is in development and Take-Two publishes Bioshock. So right. that might be something. Yeah, yeah. There, I think a 2K studio is working on Bioshock. Um, it's funny, Take-Two also owns Ken Levine, the original Bioshock developer's new studio who hasn't said a word. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting to me as an old like you know kind of auteur fan of ken levine like i i want to see what his next game is so um but yeah i I also want to see what the next bioshock is like they could absolutely make something compelling there yeah yeah except it would be the first bioshock uh without ken levine so uh yeah could be very interesting or will be interesting no matter what but uh hopefully whatever bioshock turns into is great and hopefully what ken levine is working on yeah that'd be cool if we saw that because you're right it's been it's been a long time since we heard from him it has, yeah, since Infinite. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, I just want to ask you, Ubisoft, they are on this list, and, uh, you know, they haven't had a Ubisoft forward in a while. Um, they've, I, I'm, I'm guessing Far Cry 6 is going to be something that, if it doesn't release before E3, which is looking highly unlikely, we'll probably see that. But any, what do you think Ubisoft is going to show? I think you're on the money there with Far Cry. Um, I would assume it's Far Cry 6. I think that game has a lot of potential... A lot of big star power there. It's a first-person shooter, so it has broad outreach. I think they're they're things that they need to somehow make it have mass casual appeal 
more so than four and five because it just the series nosedived in popularity after that um at least if you look at the numbers so Hmm. uh yeah big focus on far cry there's also been talk of another assassin's creed coming out this year i think with covid if that was even a possibility it's it's not going to happen yeah, usually when a new Assassin's Creed is announced, almost like clockwork, we get leaks about where it's going to take place and, you know, who's developing it, which studio is developing, all that stuff. And I haven't really heard mumblings of that at all lately. <laughs> That's kind of the trend, right? Like, yeah. the next Assassin's Creed usually leaks like within the first half of the year or the first quarter, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and it hasn't happened, so... Yeah, I would be surprised. And then there's also Quarantine. You know, that's a game that I think they said they were going to rename. Rainbow Six Quarantine, that is. Uh, we might see that. Uh, but I'm always excited to see what what Ubisoft is up to. Uh, that'll be exciting. Another big one on the list, uh, Capcom. Now, I had, I didn't think about this for a very long time. But I couldn't <laughs> think of what Capcom would show at this E3. Because Resident Evil 8 will have come out by then. They just released Monster Hunter Rise. What's on the horizon for Capcom? I mean, uh, can you think of anything? One thing that immediately comes to mind is that weird um, Resident Evil multiplayer game that they revealed during a Resident Evil stream for for eight. So um, I, I think they might cover that and maybe some more content on that. But I mean, I'm with you, Josh. I'm I'm kind of uh, out on like insider Capcom stuff. I don't really know outside of that. Yeah, they're not like my, they're one of the bigger publishers out there, but they're not one of my uh, go-to publishers. You know, I'll be playing Resident Evil 8 when it comes out, but I'm not a Monster Hunter guy. And yeah, I have to say the Capcom uh, release slate is not something I'm I'm too keen on or not too aware of. So uh, if you listening or watching out there uh, have an idea for what Capcom is, let us know uh, what they might be uh, showing. But then Warner Brothers is a big one um, that is also going to be there. And, you know, we've got Gotham Knights coming up, which got delayed. Uh, and then Harry Potter, which also got delayed. Uh, but then, you know, you dropped uh, Monolith Software uh, here. Do you think they're going to uh, come forward with something? You know, I think it's possible. Um, that was kind of a shot in the dark because I don't think we actually, like, confirmed no if anything is coming. Um, I, I don't think we do at all. Yeah. But I just looked at the release timing, and it's been several years since we've seen Shadow of War. So or sorry, the, the Shadow of Mordor, the Lord of the Rings series. I, I yeah. can easily see that. And they recently just patented their incredible nemesis system that I think a lot of people missed out on because they didn't play Shadow of War because of the terrible MTX. So uh, <laughs> I, I hope that they bring that system back and maybe, just maybe, we'll see a game from them. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good point about them patenting that uh, system. So they're clearly going to use it, or at least they don't want anyone else to use it. So... Um, right. That could be exciting. I will say, uh, totally unrelated to Warner Brothers, but the the new Gollum game, which is a stealth-focused game, I'm very much excited for that game. I hope we see that. That was also delayed to next year. But totally blanked on this when we were putting together the Doc Jackson, but with Xbox being a publisher that's going to be there, um, that means Bethesda will be there. So we'll get to Absolutely. see whatever they show, uh, which hopefully, fingers crossed, will be Starfield. I think the general climate of of our community is pushing towards Starfield coming out this year, and I think obviously Bethesda has the juice to 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 make that happen. Um, I, I especially with the reveal to release of Fallout Four, which we'll be talking about until the end of time, until another <laughs> game <laughs> comes yeah. and surpasses that amazing reveal, and then four months later, release. At least in my head, that's what I think of. So. 
Uh, I would love to see Starfield. That would really rekindle my interest in them as a developer. Yeah. And anything else from Xbox's first parties, you know, that's actually worth just mentioning that Xbox has been building up their first party lineup. They've been just stacking it. So we'll probably see a lot from Xbox. Avowed, maybe something from uh, from uh, that studio. I always forget their name. Um, Obsidian. Then, yeah, Obsidian. Uh, we'll see probably, or, you know, I would not be surprised if we saw Hellblade 2. Uh, maybe something from Playground Games, whether it's a Forza or a... Um, or Fable. So, I mean, there's just a lot we can see from Xbox. Please, Fable. That would blow my <laughs> socks off. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, going through this list, this is going to be fun. There's a lot to see here. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. So, again, uh, let me get scroll back up here. The dates are June 12th through June 15th that this show will be open. So, I don't know if you're going to have to register to check these out or if it's just going to be broadcast on YouTube. But keep your eyes peeled. Uh, go to E3's website to see how uh, how this is going to work. It's going to be interesting to, to watch. Right. And if there's any significant announcements, obviously there will be on what's going to be there. We'll cover it here on the show and we'll give you guys another round of predictions much closer to the show. Absolutely. This turned out to be kind of more just like a rundown of what they're going to show with a few predictions mixed in. But we'll have our big you know, bombshell predictions and what we really want, most anticipated things, all that stuff. So stay tuned for that. Uh, with that, we are going to take our second break. And when we get back, we are going to get into our mailbag. We'll see you in just a sec. And we're back. We are now going to dig into our mailbag. Every week we discuss one of your questions right here on the show. And you can write into Preloaded if you want to have your question read. The email, the email address is preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Again, I'm Quest Mode Games. <laughs> had to had to think about that one for a second. Quest Mode <laughs> Games at Quest Mode Games on Twitter. And Jackson, again, where can people find you? I'm at JV on YT. Nice. So uh, yeah, hit us up with questions. Uh, we we love getting your uh, your thoughts and your questions. We read them all, and uh, we will look forward to uh, talking about one of them next week. For this week, uh, Nikhil wrote in. Nikhil, I really hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, uh, but thank you very much for the question. You ask a pretty specific question. Do you think the haptic feedback mechanism in the PS5 controllers is ushering in a new era of immersion, or is it just a gimmick? And um, just kind of, this might expand to a discussion about uh, the the maybe the dual sense in general, but as far as uh, haptic feedback. My simple thought is no, this is not a gimmick. This is here to stay. What are you, what are your thoughts, Jackson? Well, let's see. I, I think when when I read this question from Nikhil, he, he does kind of put it up as ushering in a new era of immersion. I don't think it meets that. I don't think it meets that personally. And I think you can listen back to our shows and I am very high on haptic feedback and adaptive triggers. Um, I think it's awesome in certain games, and I don't want it to go away. I want PlayStation to keep going down this route. But I also do kind of think it's a little gimmicky in a way. I just feel like it's another bell or whistle. It's like getting a new iPhone that has something that it does enhance your experience, but you didn't need it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, for me, you know, it didn't really... I agree. I don't think this is ushering in a new era of immersion. I don't think we're all going to be looking back and saying, man, how did we ever get by without haptic feedback? <laughs> but, you know, I went from, I play most of my games on my PS5 these days, and I went back and played a game on my Xbox uh, Series X, which that controller, uh, you know, just ergonomically is fantastic. 
But when it started to rumble, I was just like, oh boy, this does not even compare to what the PS5's controller feels like. So uh, I actually think that the Xbox controller has haptics, but for whatever reason, it's not nearly as good as, at least in my opinion, as the PS5's uh, DualSense. I really like the way it feels. I don't think it's a gimmick per se, it's a, but I, again, I do think it's here to stay. Um, and yeah, we'll, uh, I'll look forward to it. It's not like when, I remember when the N64 introduced Rumble, and that was a huge deal. I don't think this is quite that big, but it's nice. Right. Yeah, no, I, I would absolutely take the the features here over not having them. Yep. So again, uh, Nikhil, hopefully that uh, answers your question um, to the people out there who are you know looking for a PS5. Uh, I think that um, a lot of you, not everyone, but a lot of you when you finally get one uh, will be impressed with the dual sense. It's 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 quite a controller. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah. And so with that, we are going to wrap it up this week. Thank you so much for uh sticking with us till the end of the show. Again, if you want to write into preloaded, it's preloadedpodcast at gmail.com. And um yeah, with that, uh if you're listening on uh any of the audio platforms, again, please uh subscribe and rate our podcast there. That'll help us as we grow our audience. And uh, before we go, Jackson, did you want to plug anything on your channel? Uh, yes, I have kind of a, a series overview of the Assassin's Creed series. If you're, you know, kind of jumping in at a certain point, you haven't played the older ones, you want to know what they're about. I'm making a video on that. Uh, it should be out the same day as the podcast. So look for that. Nice. And on my channel, despite the delay, I am still going to post my ultimate preview of uh, Deathloop. There was just a ton of information out there. I think this is looking to be another one of my like big, you know, 40-ish minute videos. So if you're hungry for information on Deathloop, please check it out. Uh, if you're not looking forward to Deathloop, uh, I hope you'll reconsider because this game looks awesome. Um, definitely looking forward to it. And with that, uh, we are all done for the week. We will see you next week right here on Preloaded. Bye, guys.